<laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to another Noodleberg Daily Huddle. It's a championship kind of Thursday today. We uh, we talked about the rings yesterday. I put out a post about the rings yesterday that got a ton of engagement. So it was great conversation. Love it. Go Gators. Go Gators. You know, I mean – I do when Chris White when Chris White gets here, man, it's all Gator, baby. So I'm just saying, like, I do have an SEC East ring, but they're not quite as big as these rings because these Correct. are conference championship rings. So when you well, win the whole, excuse me. Well, excuse. Me. There's Christian White. Hey, dude, go Gators. <laughs> I would have loved. I would have loved to get a conference championship ring from the SEC. That probably would have oh. been my favorite of all of them. You know, unfortunately, we just ran into Nick Saban. So I was going to say, you had one dude in front of you that was like, I don't think that's going to happen, you know? Yeah, a little rough. It was a little rough. But uh, good morning to everybody coming in. Glad to see everybody here for another Noodleberg Daily Huddle, and we're excited to share with you guys. Got some great content today. We're going to be celebrating anniversaries. We're going to be celebrating anniversaries of some major changes talking about what those changes caused and what happened from there. And then we're going to talk about how to create change and what to do in order to be able to sustain change because it's all about change all the time. And, you know, it's interesting because I was talking to some people this weekend about a movie called Sliding Doors. It's with um, Gwyneth Paltrow. And basically it's two stories um, of her character. One, she makes the train and one she doesn't. And two different life experiences happen because I won't give away the movie, but she experiences something that she would not have experienced had she not made the train. And that's what life is, man. Everything is a cause and effect. And, you know, we don't have control over it. Speaking about what we were talking about before, you don't have control of that stuff. Sometimes it's predestined and, but it's cool stuff. Christy Torres in the house. Nice to see her. Uh, what's really cool is I'm reading Kai a book called What Should Danny Do? And it's nine stories in one book. But after a few pages, you ask Kai to make a decision. What should? And the question is, what should Danny do? Should he do this or should he do that? And wow. based on Kai's answer, they tell you what page to go to and it alters the story. So it creates this decision-making mentality and what happens if you make certain kinds of decisions. It's a really cool book. I am super, super proud that you are, you know, exposing him to that kind of early learning because you are the sum of your decisions. Uh, you know, I mean, the decisions happen every day, every minute, what you eat, what you think, what you read, all of those are decisions. And so uh, you are... Uh, um, did you just get an amber amber alert? I did not. I got oh, an amber alert. It's actually going off yeah. right now. Yeah. So Columbia uh, County. What that? Columbia County. Columbia County. Where is Columbia County? What is that? Uh, like north of Gainesville, west of out in the middle of the state of Florida. Shout out to Brian Allen, who's the head coach at Columbia High School there. Also a Gator. Look at you, man. Uh, just excuse me. He's a, instantly my friend. <laughs> the first decision we're talking about decisions the first decision you got to make is to wake up so shay wake us up Have to say, wake up, 
morning, good morning to everybody that's rolling in. To our friend, Scott McGregor. Was that the best key lime pie you've ever had, brother? Come on. <laughs> I love it. I mean, the, the real question is, or I guess the probably the downfall is that you're not going to really overnight him the fried chicken, but the fried no, chicken is so worth having. <laughs> like, but good morning to Larry Long Jr. Good morning to Casey Delapena. Great to see you guys. Good morning, Larry, Lori Salarulo. And good morning, Kyle Kashuk, who says the best decision was being a seminal. Good morning, Huddle. I love it, Kyle. Absolutely fantastic. See that? Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. So the first – well, first of all, let's talk about the fact that it's April Fool's Day today, right? Yeah, throw so, it out like, there, yeah. Shay, show me, the, show, show me the, the caption because April Fool's Day is a very special day where you know that everybody's looking to play some kind of prank. But this is also the only day that everybody critically evaluates everything they read in their timeline before just accepting it as true and moving on and sharing it with everybody as gospel. So I think that I, that's super. You know, it, it's funny because you forget, even though you know, I'm, we're telling you it's April Fool's, somebody's going to do something to you today that you're going to not pay attention to and go, really? And no, no, not really. Well, speaking of that, you have historically done some unbelievable posts that have caught people's attention. You caught my attention a few years back when you did the post about being uh, one of the sharks. And I was, you know, it, it was one of those things that was borderline. Maybe it could happen, you know, because I we were doing a ton working, of investing then. Right? Yeah. And you had worked we with David working. And you were like in that conversation with FUBU. And I was like. I remember seeing it and then got a couple texts from my friends that were like, hey, I saw this thing about your dad. Is that really happening? I was like, I don't know. I got to call and find out. So, <laughs> so that's, that's so funny because we had planned to post it on April 1st. And that's my point is that people should have thought, oh, maybe it's an April Fool's. They went right past April Fool's and go, oh, my God, dude, that's unbelievable. I mean, like the whole day, we, we have, had, have done a series of those um, at the time when uh, David was our managing director, managing partner, he uh, we said that he was leaving the company to join the PGA Tour because he had really was a golf fanatic. And people right. were like, oh, we're so sorry to see you go. And, you know, like, it was and crazy I, I'm not really the, the, you know, the practical joke, the prankster. That's not really my vibe. So I thought about like trying to do something this morning with like announcing this was like the last huddle and we were going away or we were going to get syndicated or like, I don't know. I thought about doing a bunch of things like that. Ah, fuck that. Let's get back to what we actually do. I, you know, I thought the same thing. Uh, my friend Helen, a shout out to her. She got me this morning, man. I was so not paying attention, and I was like, "Really? No, not really." You know, oh, just so be on the guard, man. Be on the guard. Shout out to Dale Dupree, who's here, who also says "Go Gators" is a fellow Gator. So glad to have you in the huddle. You know with what? Morning. I did not know all the time. I know Dale. I did not know that he was a Gator. How about that? That was a, a miss on my research uh, department. And another thing that's great about the huddle is that this is where all of the state schools come to share and, and be one with each other. This is where we're able to put our rivalry differences aside and come together for a morning. So I want to celebrate. So not only is today, you know, obviously April Fool's Day and, you know, with what's going on, shout out to Casey Delapena who uh, talked about, you know, be careful what you hear today, because as a nine-year-old, you could definitely get steered in the wrong direction. Oh, my God. Right. Uh, but so, yes, it's April Fool's. Yes, we're celebrating that. That's super cool. Have fun with that. But today is also the anniversary 
of the Apple company. And um, we talk about change all the time on this, this show. We talk about how the world has transformed. I don't know that there's a company that's had quite the impact that Apple does, but I don't think that there's anybody better to share with us the impact than Steve Jobs himself. And uh, I want to show the iPhone introduction as he takes us through the journey of what Apple's done. 1984, we introduced the Macintosh. It didn't just change Apple, it changed the whole computer industry. In 2001, we introduced the first iPod. And it didn't just it didn't just change the way we all listen to music. It changed the entire music industry. Well, today, we're introducing three revolutionary products of this class. The first one is a widescreen iPod with touch controls. The second is a revolutionary mobile phone. And the third is a breakthrough internet communications device. So, three things. A widescreen iPod with touch controls, a revolutionary mobile phone, and a breakthrough internet communication. So his, his presentation of what he's doing is unbelievable. But when you point out the fact that they revolutionized the way computers functioned, they then revolutionized the music industry, not just the way we listen to music or consume music, but they changed the entire business and then with those three things that we all know were combined in one product, they changed the world. They changed the way we communicated. They changed the way that we did everything. And to prove that point, I want to talk about some of the companies that were born after the iPhone because of what the iPhone allowed us to do at scale. And I'm just going to list them off real quick. Well, but well they, they opened up a pathway where all these others could come behind it. So, you know, they that was the tech highway, if you will. And then boom, everybody started plucking into it. So it's great. Created the marketplace. The phone became the marketplace. So then companies like Instagram, Pinterest, WhatsApp, Venmo, Airbnb, Uber, Netflix, Amazon, Dollar Shave Club, Square, Slack, Zoom, GoFundMe, all of those companies were able to get into the app marketplace because they created the space for them to exist, which obviously all of those things changed the way we watch TV, changed the way we buy and sell, changed the way we consume information. I mean, changed the world. So super cool. I don't know if you have any takeaways. But um, I, I, I just got lost. Like, I don't know what song you're playing today. <laughs> but I hope it's I hope it's I hope it's Eric Clapton. You know, it was his God. birthday. 
It's okay, not. It's his birthday. And it can change the world. Correct. <laughs> Would have been great. But so another change that I want to celebrate today is today is the full 365 days of me being president of On The Ball. So I thought it would be very cool to do a year in review, right? What happened in the year, in my first year as president, and just some of the highlights. I mean, obviously the pandemic hit immediately after, but the LinkedIn Like a Pro webinars, for those of you who were not a part of those, we were doing those once to twice a month, and we were having huge groups of people come together to learn how to use LinkedIn, the huddle goes live on LinkedIn. This huddle was born during that time and became something where we could come together as a community. Tell me something good happens. Doesn't matter. Get better happens. Get on the ball is born. And we filmed and created all of the content for that. We raised $10,000 through the huddle for breast cancer awareness and our partnership with City Furniture. We did the video selling event with Vidyard. Cystic Fibrosis Tomorrow's Leader Award is what I got in February. And then in March, we launched Get On The Ball and Jake Noodleberg joined the company. So an unbelievable year to look back on and say, wow, look at all we did. So let me preface that because the plan was for you to start last April 1st. And from a marketing standpoint, say that you were taking over as president thinking it would be kind of tongue in cheek. Well, is he really? It's April 1st. So we were going to play off that, you know, that energy. Well, um, we were planning all that in March and then COVID hit. And it was like, um, wait, wait a minute. And I'll never forget you looking at me going, did I make a mistake? <laughs> I was like, and what was my response? Do you remember my response? Absolutely not. There's never been a better time. Right. I said, uh, everybody's on the starting line. There's never been a time when we're all equal. Everybody's always had some kind of advantage. This stripped everybody of their advantages. We're all standing there without any of the tools. Let's go. And uh, what a what a proud year, man. Very nice. Congratulations to you. Very awesome. I want to thank everybody in the huddle because I think, you know, this has become such a routine and such a major part of our lives that it's uh, absolutely awesome to have everybody here and to be able to celebrate one year here in the huddle and talk about all those things that we've done. So Bob Goldfarb, who I spoke with yesterday, is coming out to start dressing Jake, as you might imagine. It's time for Jake to, you know, really step in. We're starting to go to face-to-face meetings, so he'll be getting some stuff. But he asked, he goes, you know, how do you do this type of content every day? And I told him, it's not easy, but we made it a process that we follow the process and it becomes doable at scale, which is the message of everything we teach. If you make it a process, you stick to the process and you do it with discipline and consistency, the the output is great. And your feedback, everybody here, your feedback to us is amazing, whether it's in the group or outside one-on-one. We we appreciate it. It's a labor of love. It keeps us sharp. It keeps us, you know, on top of good content. So uh, thank you for everything, Mark. Super congratulations. And I want to go back to a year ago. So in February of last year, I had negotiated a contract to actually buy a plane. We were on planes every week. Do you remember? Uh And I said, you know what? Oh, my God. I bailed on it, obviously. When March hit, it was like, forget about it. 
And Shay, can you show them? Uh, we are signing the contract that is uh, Atlantic, um, which is here in Palm Beach. And we have signed an agreement to take uh, ownership of a plane. If Joe Mullings can do it, we can do it. Um, if we can do it, you can do it. Uh, so I'm super proud and super excited that the year that we had warrants us, you know, uh, as we start traveling, I'm traveling twice in April, twice in May. So it's coming. And uh, now you can say, get on the plane. Get on the plane, which we're super excited for that. Get in the air, get on the plane. And I think that leads us, we got to get to the content. We got to get to talking about what we're going to deliver today. So that I mean that cues us up perfect for motivational music, which is perfect for today. Shay, take it away with the motivational music. theme song too because i will give any on the ball swag to anybody who comes up with what song that is what uh, what show don't you can't it. win shay right? don't say don't i know this one because i remember it vividly but i'm looking forward to seeing if anybody answers them in the comments but while we wait we're getting close to the end of the show and i want to talk about it because we you know there's no real control. You can't really control the outcomes, right? But there is a focus on controlling the controllables. And in order to really create change in your life, that I think is something that you have to do. Bob Goldbar. Jake, Jake answers like, <laughs> seriously, man, got me a fucking break, man. <laughs> John, uh, good, job, very nice. good job. Bob was wrong. Miami Vice, it was CSI Miami. Very cool. Right. I love that Jason show. Penna, oh, CSI Miami, Jason Weiss. Good job, guys. See there you. we Bye. go, baby. You have to see a ratio with his glasses and, you know, that face. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is exactly right. 
but so I really want to go back to talking about being in control and, and how to make change. Cause you said it earlier in the show, you're just the sum of all the decisions that you make. Right. But I think it's important to focus on how you make decisions. And if you're really looking to make change in your life, if you're really looking to say, well, I want to get better. I want to accept the challenge of getting 1% better every day. I think it starts with asking questions. I know you know it starts with asking questions. You have a, your number one question that you ask is what's possible. But I also think when you're talking to yourself, it's about what's important to me. If I can't define what's important to me in my life, there's no way for me to set my priorities and set a plan to achieve those priorities if I can't define what those things are for me. So, you know, a question that you should definitely be asking yourself is what's important to you? And then what do you want? Right. Like, how do you how do you figure out what it is that you're going to do if you can't define what it, I had a great conversation yesterday with one of my coaching clients about that? Like you're spending a lot of time and energy doing this thing. What do you really want from this? What's the point of this? And when you can't answer that or you ask that question, it really forces you to take a step back and reevaluate. I love it. I mean, the root of all success really you know, and it's obviously in the decisions, but how you get to those decisions is the questions. The questions poke holes at you. So it's, you know, you're pushing yourself to come up with, you know, am I passionate about this or am I just, you know, playing around? You know, is it is it just in my head? Is it real? You know, when the lights are off and nobody's around, am I really willing to pay the price? You know, all well, that kind of stuff. Uh, so that leads me to the next two questions is, then you have to, okay, so you've decided what's important to you and what you really want. And then you have to decide, well, what's it going to cost me to get that? That's a really important question to ask yourself because nothing is free. I don't care if somebody is handing me something and they say this is free. There's an opportunity cost involved with taking whatever it is that they're giving me, whether it be an opportunity, whether it be space, whether it be real estate, whatever it is. It's going to cost me something. So you have to figure out what it's going to cost you to get what you want and then ask yourself, are you really willing to do what it takes in order to get that? Because I think a lot of people show up every day like, yeah, I want to get better, but then they'll look at what it costs, whether it be financially, whether it be time, whether it be energy. And then it becomes the real decision of, well, you said you wanted to get better. Here's the platform to allow you to get better. What's stopping you from doing it now? Yeah, I think you're, you know, you're spot on here, identifying what you want to do, and then identifying, seeing the obstacles in front of you, and then saying, here's what I need. I need to get better at this. I need, you know, these things to happen. That's strategy. That's how you build a strategy of getting 1% better every day of building new revenue channels. You know, what's the obstacle? Because And that's where that book was so great. The obstacle is the way. When you find the obstacle, the way around it is what the game plan is. That's the, you know, so I love that. Shout out to Carissa, whose time is a super expensive cost, but it's not really the time, Carissa. I think, yeah, you're going to allocate time to things, but how many things are on your calendar that you say you're doing or that you're in, you're doing, but you're not really paying attention to it? I think your attention is the most expensive, uh, most expensive capital that you have. 
where you send your attention, where you send your focus is what actually gets done. And until you prioritize yourself in a way that you know what you want, you're not controlling where your attention goes. And what's interesting is the other side of that is getting someone's attention is also really hard and really expensive because that's the game. If you don't get someone's attention, they cannot know you and be aware of you, consider you. And all. I mean, so, you know, you've it's said it on, on both I, sides. Yeah. It is the sales game because if you, you can't get somebody's attention, you've got no chance to do anything else. So how you show up and how you show up differently at the top of the funnel completely changes your success rate throughout your pipeline. Because if you're not winning up top, there's no way for you to win at the bottom. And so when I talked about the, you know, I put the post out yesterday about the rings and I talked about each ring being, you know, it represented a mountaintop because once we got that one ring, guess what? It was over. That ring was not going to get us another ring. The next ring came from going back to the bottom of the mountain and doing all of the shit that got us the previous ring plus some in order to get the next one. So I think that's really when you start figuring out how am I going to be successful, you got to ask yourself those questions first and answer them. And then, okay, if you've answered them, then it becomes about building a plan, which is kind of how we got to get on the ball. So I want to make a point. I love that Greg Goldstein you know, pulled this out. Video will get someone's attention. Be careful here because video is a tactic. It's not a strategy. You know, that's one of the things in your toolbox the strategy is how do I meet CEOs at scale? How do I get their attention? That's the challenge. That's the obstacle. That's where your mind needs to go. And then you build a strategy of multiple touch points that get there. So, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, Michelle Morrison is right. It's all about getting noticed that if no one knows who you are, they cannot do business with you. And so I often say this to people if I showed up at a meeting or an event, and I was on fire, everybody would look at me. So guess what I do? I show up at meetings on fire, not physically, emotionally. Boom, you can feel my energy, yet I see tons of people go, hi, <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to talk to you about, <laughs> I'm like, what? Wake which, the fuck up. <laughs> which, and we all know is a product of the mindset. What have you put into your body? What have you fed your mind? What have you fed your body? What have you fed your soul in order to get yourself into a place where you can execute that? But you said, you know, it, it, video is a tactic. My, my post for today that was queued up is in football, we used to say all the time, there's a lot of ways to get a first down. The goal was right. to get a first down. A lot of right. different ways to get a first down. There's all kinds of different tactics. You're not going to use just one to get the first down because it's not going to get you the first down all the time. You have to have that different repertoire, you know, that, that toolbox to put into your repertoire so that you can get first downs a lot of different ways, meet CEOs a lot of different ways. So I would like the takeaway today for everybody that's listening and everybody you come in contact is share your strategy. Write it down. What is your strategy? What do you want to achieve? And then you build the tactics behind it. It's simply the art of war. How am I going to get that territory? And by building the plan, am I using, you know, bombs? Am I using planes? Am I using, you know, what, what are my tactics? You know, am I using ground troops? So what a great conversation for uh, first day of the quarter, first day of the month. Because um, you and I both know 
that we are kicking ass this quarter going into it. So I'm in the mountain. Back at the bottom of the mountain, I'm prospecting, I'm reaching out, I want virtual coffees. I got six new virtual coffees yesterday with people that I don't know that are just people that I'm gonna see if we can be friends to figure out if there's opportunities. So how- I got one last statement, one last statement. And and again, I'll give something out. When do lions hunt? We've, we've heard it, it, a few times, so I hope that the huddle can answer this question. Because if you get this mentality, that's the top 5% of salespeople. You know, when do lions hunt, when you figure that out? Because most people say, you know, they have a weak answer. It is a very strong answer. Anybody who uh, wants to reach out to me will leave the huddle today. But if you want to reach out to me with the answer, you will get um, any of the on the ball swag and we have new on the ball swag coming in. So it's great. So a great day to celebrate change, celebrate Apple, celebrate the uh, one year. Look at this. Look at this. Everybody when says when they're hungry, when they're hungry, when they're hungry. Wrong, wrong, Dusk. Wrong. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Lions hunt when they are full. <laughs> Let's go, baby. I told him, man. Way to go, Eddie, man. So, so if you're it. full, if you're doing great, now's the time to take that momentum and go get better. Boom. Go invest in yourself. Go find the resources. If you need help, we're here to help you. Go get on the ball. Do what you need to do to get that extra 1% better. Have a fantastic Thursday. Do not get fooled again. Thank you.